You're listening to the Keith Blakemore Noble Radio Show. Here's your host, Keith Blakemore Noble. Hello, hello, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. Yes, it's another guest episode. And my guest this week is Michelle Michelle Rollinson. Now, Michelle... Uh, she's all about driving success through menopause awareness. Now, this is for women and business and health professionals, but this episode isn't only going to be of interest to women. Men, we all have women in our lives in various capacities. The more we can understand about uh, what's going on for them, the better able we can be to be there, to be there for them when, uh, when they need it, or at least understand what's happening for them. Uh, Michelle is all about reducing absenteeism. She's about empowering women and maximizing workplace productivity. That's my guest today, Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And I'm really pleased to to have you on here. Uh, I know I'm going to learn a a fair few things here. And hopefully um, listeners and viewers will also learn some things as well. Before we dive in, we've heard your bio. But who is Michelle? Who's the lady behind it all? Oh, good question. Good question. So, I mean, what's led me here today is uh, my own personal journey um, of going through um, many years of not understanding what was happening to me. Um, I was, you know, a third of women haven't heard of the word perimenopause before they start experiencing symptoms. Um, and I was one of them. Um, but I've always been somebody that loves to help people. Um, I'm a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a senior physio. Um, and even before that, I was a, a swimming teacher that enjoyed helping little children to, to swim. Um, but from going through my own personal experiences, I realised just how failed women actually can be going through this natural phase of life. Um, and it sent me on a bit of a, a mission to to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> makes absolute sense so how, how long have you been how long have you been pursuing this mission um so it's been about a year and a half that I really was when I decided to write a book um mm-hmm. because I realized certain diets can massively reduce symptoms um but we're just not told about these mm-hmm. um and the book it was the book really that uh launched last January and I started being asked advice so I thought well I better get qualified Um, and um and it just spiraled from there the more I sort of went down this this route the more I realized that you know women just aren't getting the help and it's a global thing not just a a UK thing but um and then it was last year so I was already doing workshops for businesses and one-to-ones but it was last year when I realized actually all health professionals need to have this training because not one health professional along my journey ever mentioned menopause and even as a physio I knew that women were more predisposed to frozen shoulder tendinopathies joint pain Um, and my treatments had helped them but I didn't realize it was actually you know I wasn't treating the cause that I look back now and I can think of many women that used to say things like oh I feel like I'm falling apart this is happening that's happening 
And it was it's obvious to me now that they were, you know, perimenopausal, menopausal, but just not be, having the right advice. Got it, got it. You mentioned your book there. What was the name of the book? Where can people find uh, it? It's called You, Me, Conquering Perimenopause and Menopause. So it's on Amazon. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, and it's got recipes, um, advice, all sorts in there to make it really easy. Brilliant. Obviously, we're going to pop a link to where you can get that. We're going to pop a link to that in the show notes. So if you didn't get a note of it, don't worry. Just check the show notes. You'll find them, as always, keithblakemanoble.com slash show and look for the one with Michelle Rawlinson. Uh, you have a link, direct link to the book. Uh, well worth checking out. Now, you mentioned two terms, two terms there. I want to explore both of them, uh, menopause and perimenopause. So let, let's start with menopause, which is the one most people will, will have heard of. Now, I know there's all sorts of myths and uh, all sorts of um, stories and, and so on about it. What What is menopause? Fundamentally, what is it? And um, what's what's happening to, to, to women as, as they go through it? Yeah, so menopause is when um, a lady has gone 12 consecutive months um, without a period. Um, and it's the time when we become non-reproductive, so we're no longer able to um, to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when oestrogen um, has declined and is at this point a little bit more stable than when um, it's we're in perimenopause. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's when um, we, ironically, we actually experience more symptoms during perimenopause, even though we've heard more about menopause. Um, but yes, yeah, so menopause is when we we're basically sort of the body has now gone into um, no longer being reproductive. Right. Okay. So is, is menopause, so what, once you go into menopause, are you in menopause for the rest of your life or do you then transition into another? So basically menopause is just a day. And then we, when we've gone 12 consecutive months and a day without a period, we are then in post-menopause. Um, and that's where we then um, are for the, the rest of our lives. Um, a lot of women four or five years into post-menopause um, will start not having as many symptoms or things because estrogen is then stable um, and declined. However, some women symptoms may come back. Some women, they may continue often uh, less intense, but the myth is that we're past it. Um, You know, as I say, some women are lucky and I mean, some women, they'll sail through the whole thing and barely have even one symptom. Other women can be really debilitating. So it's important to know that it's different for everyone. It's very personalized. So that's why our our care should be very personalized. Makes sense. Makes sense. And um, just to, to clarify there, I mean, you alluded some people, uh, it seems to happen fairly quickly. Some people, symptoms can last for a long time. Is there, yeah. is there a, I, and I appreciate everyone is different. Yeah. Is there a, a kind of a rough guide? It's typically this to this long, or is it really just? No. The so the problem is so perimenopause that we mentioned, um, that's the transitional phase leading right. up to menopause. So it's when the body is preparing, um, going from reproductive to non-reproductive. Um, and this can last anywhere from sort of a year to up to 10 years, arguably even slightly longer. So, you know, some women, it's it's just very, very different. Um, And that's the important thing to know is that perimenopause itself can last quite a number of years um, and has, you know, we've we've got Eastern receptors virtually in everything. So virtually everything 
you know, can be affected. But, you know, like I say, some women sail through other women, you know, it's, it's psychological as well as physical symptoms. Right. Okay. So yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned perimenopause, which is kind of like the, the run up, the lead up to, to menopause. So menopause is the uh, 12 months and one day uh, of no, uh, no ovulation, no, uh, no, uh, no periods. Uh, perimenopause then is when the estrogen levels are starting to run down, is it? And your yeah, body's starting so to prepare for that? They're declining, but equally your hormones are fluctuating up and down. Um, I mean, estrogen can soar up to th- nearly three times the level it would be in your younger years, only to sort of then crash to sort of almost nothing. Um, and this can happen over and over, month after month. And it's what I sort of call the roller, the perimenopause roller coaster, um, which is why women can have quite erratic, quite intense symptoms during perimenopause right yeah that makes sense because i guess the body is i suppose starting to run out as it were of 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 estrogen and and things go go a bit wild as as would happen when you start to run out of anything i guess Um, yes um so uh, one question i mean we, we often talk about um the symptoms of the menopause which which are the is it mostly menopause that's the I won't say problem, but mostly menopause where you have symptoms. Is it mostly perimenopause? Is it a mixture of them? I mean, obviously women can have symptoms in any of the stages, but Mm -hmm. um, perimenopause is when actually women tend to get, you know, more, more symptoms, more erratic symptoms. Um, uh, Periods um, is when start to change, um, but not, the problem is, and this is where sometimes women are told they're not perimenopausal by doctors, is it can be even be the slightest of change to the to the period. Or some women, actually, that's not one of their first symptoms. So they can become heavier, lighter, shorter, longer. Um, you know, it's it, it can be um, quite it's, you know, again, not all women have hot flushes and they're told oh, if you're not having hot flushes, you're not perimenopausal. Um, we're all different. And this is this is where we need to understand this, that there's no one fits all, whether that's with treatment or whether that's with symptoms that, you know, we're all very, very different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so is there um, and again, uh, appreciating that everybody is different. And that, that is that's an important lesson for, for, for everything in life, but especially for something like this. Everybody is different. Is there is there kind of a like a, a a guide to an age range where onset of uh, perimon- perimenopause is likely to start or mm. is it just a huge range? Again, this is where some of the myths are when we're often told we're too young. Um, there's no such thing as too young. The average age for perimenopause to start is in your 40s. Right. Um, however, it's more common than you think in your 30s. I was 32, um, arguably slightly younger when... Um, when mine started, I do get ladies, you know, late 20s, 30s, late 30s, you know, coming to me. Um, but equally, you can be older. You know, I've known I've had women come to me, you know, um, almost 60 saying, when is this going to start? Because I've got no signs, no symptoms. Um, I'm still having my periods regularly. You know, what's yeah. going on? So, you know, it's it's simply it's when our body is ready to 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 do it. <laughs> to go through the phase. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. So it's, it's broadly it's the forties, but it could be. Yeah, it could be younger, it could be later, but it's it's more common in your in your sort of 
early to mid 40s that Perry will start. Gotcha. Now we, we've heard the euphemism going through the change. So, <laughs> from from what you've from what you've been uh, saying, would that mean that perimenopause is, is is really the change, and then menopause is sort of settling into the new the new me? Or, I mean, obviously the term the the change is is probably more aimed at when you're no longer able to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be more sort of menopause, post-menopause. Um, but, you know, our body is actually get changing when we, when we start perimenopause, you know, that's when our hormones are changing, um, and decline, starting to decline. Um, so yeah, it's probably, I would probably more define the change, so to speak, is when we, we start transitioning, um, into menopause. Yeah. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, and it also highlights the the, the absurdity of of using euphemisms for for these sorts of things instead of just being open and honest and and using the real terms that that way people know what's going on. Yeah, and I suppose you can also say the changes where you know it it doesn't have to be a, you know a, a bad thing. We all think that you know menopause is is bad, but actually um, we become much more sort of wiser and and stronger once we've sort of you know our brain sort of. Re- Cabaret, so to speak, you know, once we're, you know, <clears throat> things are stable and and that's why often, you know, you'll find that we'll, um, yeah, just sort of become like you know, this new strong, you know, woman. So, um, mm. but it's just understanding that, you know, we don't have to suffer. Mm. You know, there's, there's many things, whether that's, you know, through HRTs, there's diets, there's lifestyle, you know, changes that can that can really really help. Um, and it's just having that understanding of the different types of of HRTs. There's been many myths out there. Um, you know, it's knowing the the benefits um, and the risks. And there's there's many long term benefits from taking um, HRT in early menopause, like cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, um, as well as short term um, as well. So yeah, there's lots that you, you can sort of look at. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's have a look at uh, some of the, some of the, the the treatments and some of the ways you can we can help. <clears throat> Just a moment. Just before we do, um, what, what I mean, we we we've touched on some of the symptoms, and I, from what you've been saying, there's a much wider range than perhaps many people uh, appreciate or realise. What are the sorts of symptoms uh, that one could look out for 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 menopause? Yeah. Gosh, um, I mean, some of the more obvious ones are sort of night sweats, um, hot flashes, um, insomnia. Um, and often it's not just a we all think of insomnia as not being able to go to sleep. Um, it's actually really common that we'll wake up at like three in the morning and that's it. We just can't go back to sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that's quite a common one. Um, things like heart palpitations. um I'll read off some of the ones that I was getting. So acne, um, hair falling out, um, weight gain, particularly around the middle, um, is quite a common one. Um, gum issues. Um, we we often we get free dental care when we're pregnant because we're more likely to have gum issues and lose our teeth. Well, actually, it's the same h- hormones going on, and um, it's quite common actually for women to have sort of gum issues. Um, all of these symptoms, obviously, you should always check to rule out, you know, any other 
causes. So I always sort of say that because things like um, metallic taste um, on you know, in your mouth or burning tongue, which obviously can be other conditions. It's things to to rule out. Um, brain fog, memory loss, mood swings, anxiety attacks. I used to have crippling anxiety attacks. Um, I write about it in my book where I, I literally had to run out of the supermarket. <clears throat> excuse me, because I was worried I was getting the wrong cereal. You know, you laugh about it now, but it's, you know. Yeah, at the time. You know, at the time, it was really scary. Um, yeah, lots. There's so many sort of itchy ear. That was one that my TikTok went nuts when I sort of mentioned itchy ear. And lots of women were like, yes, I'm told it's nothing to do with the menopause. But it's just where the skin um, is drier <clears throat> and less elastic and changing. So that's why. Mm. Um but yeah, lots. There's so many, so many symptoms that um, sort of digestive as well. Um, yeah, you could sort of yeah. basically Eastern receptors are, as I mentioned, you know, virtually in everything. So virtually dry, gritty eyes was another one that I used to get a lot. Goodness me. Yeah. So uh, a huge range of symptoms, as you say. And of course, just having one one or two of those symptoms doesn't necessarily mean mm. you're entering perimenopause, but it a group it's of them bigger, can be yeah. a sign that this is yeah so i often advise you know journal your symptoms don't fixate but journal your symptoms if you're planning to go to the doctor um because you know if you could, i mean I, I was guilty of it i just sort of piecemealed one by one so i was just sort of told i was depressed or told this or told that so um if you go with like all your symptoms mm-hmm. um then it makes it a bit easier for the for the doctor as well that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, especially these days where they have so little time for each, oh, exactly. each consultation. So the the better prepared you can be with with the Def- definitely here's, here's my symptoms. Here's a diary of it. Definitely, and if you think, um, you know, if you're not being sort of listened to so as such, or maybe you're being told you're too young, take some literature with you um, on perimenopause with age and things like that. Um, journal definitely if you're 45 and over nice guidelines um, will state that you know you can go by symptoms rather than um, blood test um, because unfortunately because our hormones are fluctuating mm, yeah. it, it means <laughs> that the blood tests often can come back as normal so to speak um, when actually we are in peri so it's yeah. um, that's one of the other um, problems with with the blood tests um, they're more accurate actually later in life when things are stable when actually we no longer need the blood tests yes <laughs> so yeah and that makes a lot of sense as you say if everything is fluctuating wildly and shifting all over then a blood test is just a snapshot of that particular moment in time so exactly yeah. but they are you know obviously they have their place to to Absolutely. rule everything else out and things as well so very true um, very good point yeah okay so what's uh what can be done to 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 treat the 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 symptoms and and to alleviate things and make life just a little bit more bearable yeah so um obviously you know we have hrts um not everybody um can have them but um we've got the all hrt that's the one that we sort of um, was was used in the trials but equally it still has a you know a low risk um but it has more contraindications than the transdermal ones that go through the skin so things like if you've got a history of blood clots um or um blood pressure or obese things like that um but um the transdermal ones um are, most the majority of women are able to but then you know obviously this is very personalized um some may not 
but um, with the HRTs, they don't go through the liver. Uh, sorry, with the transdermal ones, they don't go through the liver. So yeah. there's much less sort of contraindications. Um, oh, with... right, right, yeah. Now, what, what HRT hormone replacement, is that replacing the estrogen or is it different hormones? Or estrogen progesterone, yeah. So for women that have a have a uterus, so they haven't had a hysterectomy, it's very important that they do take the progesterone as well because it helps um, protect the lining of the of the uterus, so prevents things like uterine cancer. So um, some women, that's why I always like to mention that, because some women can be a little bit sensitive to the or intolerant to uh, progesterone, so they sometimes won't tell their doctor and they'll just not take it. Um, but there's so it's important to know that there's different types of progesterone. So, you know, whether that's in the combined patch or whether that's the body identical eugestin. So there's there's lots of and that's the thing with with HRT. Again, it's no one fits all. Our skin absorbs differently. So some women mm. <clears throat> might not absorb the patch well or the patch might not stick. Again, there's different brands of patch. So some women might get an irritation to the skin. Um, whereas there's different ingredients in different glues. So it's trying different brands, different doses. Um, so many women, they'll just try it once and go, oh, it didn't work for me. But it can be quite a, a trial and error, both with dose and with type, whether that's gel, whether that's spray, whether that's patch, whether that's um, the oral. Um, and there's also local um, ones, if you're particularly if you're having problems with vaginal dryness, painful sex, things like that. So 20% uh, of women often need um, the localised type, but often go up to like three years without even talking to their doctor because they're quite embarrassed, um, particularly if there's sort of, you know, if there's more sort of um, personal issues going on. Sure, sure, yeah. I guess a, a common theme that's come through there uh, a few times is be open with your doctor, talk with your doctor because... They can't help if they don't know what, what's what's going on. Definitely. And and if you think you have got, you know, a lot to say, mm -hmm. ask to book a double appointment because, you know, there's only so much they can do in 10 minutes. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just having that and ask your surgery if they've actually got a women's health trained uh, GP as well, mm -hmm. um, because then. You know, some surgeries will have some, some that are more trained in women's health. So you'll be able to have sort of better um, discussions. Um, as well that makes sense that makes sense uh just to round things off round things off one of these days i'll learn how to speak just to <laughs> round things off looking at it from the other from the other side from the uh, men's perspective what can we do how can we help and support the ladies in our lives who may be experiencing this starting to experience or going through it or may not even realize that they are going through it um what, what yeah. how can we be supportive I mean, I do actually get quite a few guys come to me saying, oh, I've seen your your Facebook videos or your TikTok reels and things like that and saying, oh, I think my my wife's perimenopausal, um, you know, but um, how do I broach the subject or, or things? Because <laughs> you don't just go, oh, it's the hormones. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, you know, it's just being there and listening, not reacting when perhaps, she, you know, because one of the symptoms can be rage and it's weird. It's like you have this little voice in the back of your head saying you're out of order, but you just can't stop until that's finished. So and I know it, it's it sounds a bit 
you know, but just sort of try and sort of just step back. Don't say things like, oh, it's your hormones or you'll just enrage them. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help at yeah. all. Is it? No. You know, just when she's calmed down, having, you know, saying, can we have a chat? You know, how are you? What can ask her? Have a conversation about, you know, what can I do? What, you know, what would you like me to do? What, how can I support you? And just, you know, having open conversations is probably the best you know, spotting the signs. My other half knows when, you know, if I'm being a little bit hormonal and he'll just, you know, either walk out the room or, you know, not not in that kind of way, but, or he'll, we, we sort of have a code between us. Yeah. Um, back away and give you the space. And he'll just sort right. of like, give, give me that look and I'll be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then he'll sort of pop his head back in and be like, you're all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so it's just having open conversations. But again, it's it's the same. It's no one fits all. You know, some women might not want, you know, to you know to talk at that at that point, or other women might be like, "Can I just have a cuddle now?" And you know, and then we'll talk later. So yeah, just being yeah. open. Yeah. And that's uh, that's a um, a very interesting point there that you mentioned sometimes when you're in a rage and you know that you shouldn't be, but you just can't stop. And I think that's a very good. Yeah. And then you go through the guilt and the upset afterwards going, I'm really sorry. You know, so it's, you know, and sometimes we just, and it's, it's not an excuse. We just generally, if you're in that tunnel vision, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really hard to, to snap out. And again, sometimes having, you know, that code, code word or something um, that might, be able to sort of snap you out of it so to speak but other times it just might be that just you know walk away let her yeah. calm down herself and then because once mm-hmm. we've calmed down it is it's remorse it's like oh god i'm really sorry or oh, yeah, yeah. you know so it's recognizing that that okay yes what, what, just don't, what's yeah. happening at the moment is irrational she knows it's irrational she can't do anything about it give her the space to let it out and then have a constructive conversation about it afterwards, but you can't in 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 the throat yeah. of it because if you could, then she wouldn't be going through that anyway in the first <laughs> place. Yeah. yeah, Michelle, thank you so much. That's been a, a real education for me. I'm hoping it's been a, a, an education both for the for the ladies and for the gentlemen who who are listening to uh, to this episode. Uh, if people want to find out a bit more um, and maybe even get in touch with you find out a bit more more about menopause perimenopause all these sorts of things what's the best way for them to do that yeah so probably my my website um so panaceapause.co.uk um where you can um either write a message and i'll get an email and i'll give you a call back or um yeah or i can just book a call um and we can have a chat so i do free consultation so we can just have a chat, whether that's for a one-to-one, for a business workshop, um, or to inquire about uh, my health professionals uh, CBD course that's coming out very soon. Nice, nice one. So that's um, what was the what was the website name again? Uh, Panacea Pause. So P A N A E C E A Pause P A U S E dot co dot U K. Panacea. Panacea is the goddess of healing. Ah, right. That's where I got That's the name it. from. Love it. So, yeah, do check out panaceapause.co.uk. Um, of course, Michelle has has other links. The TikTok that, that she, she's mentioned, she's got a book out. Uh, she's also on some of the other socials. All the links for all of that will be in the show notes, as always, 
keithblakemorenoble.com slash show and look for the one with uh, Michelle Rollinson. But do check out panaceapause.co.uk. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out to, to, to share, um, share your uh, knowledge and experience with us. Uh, it's, it has been very, very, um, interesting and illuminating. And hopefully, uh, hopefully a lot of people will, will have a, a little bit more of an insight into, into what's going on. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you, dear, dear viewer, dear listener. Thank you for joining us. Remember, if you like this, do give us a comment, a share, a subscribe, give us a like, a review. It all helps to, to, to spread the word. And I'm just going to leave you with uh, Michelle's favorite quote. You can't give from an empty cup. You've been listening to the Keith Blakemore Noble Radio Show. To find out more, please visit KeithBlakemoreNoble.com. Oh.